back and you, you really, when you read a text, you read it how you want to read it. Yeah. You know, somebody can say you can, but with your text, your tone <laughs> comes right through. I, I, I like, and I'm never wrong. I know, I know. exactly how you're feeling. I know, I know. exactly what state you're in at that moment. And I know whether or not to write back or to answer your question or to I like, do you remember I was very vague that weekend? I was, it was totally on purpose because I knew you'd climb over that mountain and you'd come back. Oh, I hate being so predictable. But you, sadly. (laughs) But I think only you can predict me that well, because even I'm like, though this time that's it i'm done <laughs> and you're like yada yada she's done okay i gotta do just this is like i'm doing like the mic boom you're like it's just like the mic boom she's really out this time yeah. but you know like but five we're four three let two it one for 24 hours and then we'll yeah. get back to her and and then <laughs> what will happen is this is she'll tell chris she'll record with her and then she's yeah i was i'm feeling better now okay i might have my episode done sunday and so chris is like trying to plan her day and she's like jesus she hasn't gotten back to me about the episode you know geez louise come on deb just tell me if you have it done or not you know you so see I, how I non-predictable i am after all you see you see what i did there but this was me being so i'm like oh okay i'm gonna all right i'm gonna text her but i gotta be i gotta make sure that i phrase this right because i know we can all read our text wrong and but i was really trying i had something i wanted to do the next day and but oddly enough, I knew damn well you were going to Switzerland. But I guess oh. I just, I guess I just, for the life of me, didn't have a date in front of me. And although I yeah. knew you were going, you, all I remember was you said you would have the episode this week. Which again, how was that possible? You were in Switzerland. Well, we were talking about the next time we recorded, which was going to be yeah, two weeks but, from then. But yes, well, yes. I, I took it as Sunday. Yes. Because <laughs> that would be when the next episode was due. <laughs> Fair enough, and, Chris. Yes, I could have I been more. So I apologize if my text co- came across a little. Um, I was in rushed. Geneva. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> you claimed you had mo- no mobile data, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, so just very quick story. Um, I was okay. So Geneva, which is in Switzerland, is like a ten-minute. I know. I know. Yeah. You didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't until I had to fly there. And I was like, maybe I should find out where I'm going. But no, I was pretty sure. I always, I get Switzerland and Austria mixed up all the time. Like Vienna is Austria, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. As you do, right? As everyone does. You know, hard pressed. I probably couldn't tell you it was in Austria. Vienna was in Austria. You know, Geneva was in Switzerland, unless I thought about it. Yeah, but no, I'm here to do the thinking for both of us, which is very Thank sad. God. <laughs> Thank God, but also, wow, that's really <laughs> sad. But, um, okay, it's like 10 minutes from the French border. So I actually ended up staying in France. So in this place, I, anyway, whatever, called Cordonier, was a beautiful village. I stayed in a wonderful uh, Airbnb. Anyway, I'd never stayed in an Airbnb before. It was wonderful. And it took me like... 20 minutes or 15 minutes maybe to get to Geneva and like half an hour to get to Annecy, which is a beautiful French village up in the Alps. So I I bought like a a SIM card in Switzerland when I got to the airport thinking, yay, okay, I've got, you know, mobile data. Yeah. And then I went to France and the sucker didn't work. And I'm like, (laughs) that's like, but the guy gave it to me for free. Who does that? Who, who, who gives you a free SIM card? I don't know. Because you were turning on the charm and being all nicey nice. No, I don't have to turn anything on. It's just me. Okay, I we did just say that. We all have to turn I, that on a little. Come okay, on. yeah, we did. Yeah, 
I don't know who Speaking was turned on by the end of Oh. Trips. Yeah. Let's see if I get home. <laughs> oh, let's see if you get home. And I'm still waiting if you don't perish in a volcano, um, which I would be sad. Uh, I'd be so happy that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know how to say that. I would like to know when you are arriving at some point. But okay, but volcano. Okay. Right. Okay. It, it looks like the volcano is kind of holding steady. It does. It, when you read the news, if I mean, it sounds like a horrible thing, and I'm sure if you're in that section of Iceland, it is. But evidently, <laughs> volcanoes happen a lot in Iceland, which I really? did not realize. Huh. Um. I hope everybody's okay after this, if it actually does erupt or with all the um, earthquakes oh. and everything. But it just so happens if anyone listened to my episode on um, I don't remember which one was it before, maybe before Ben episode. We were we discussing play could. airlines and it's an Icelandic yes. airline and yada yada. So when you take it, of course, you have to land in Iceland, which, if I'm not mistaken, the airport is a mere 20 kilometers away from that volcano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They didn't so, mention that when you were booking your ticket, did they? No, they didn't. They should have. <laughs> it's the only international airport. So I can't even switch to a different one. Um, so. I am assuming it had nothing has happened yet, but I did learn some things about volcanoes. We should do an episode on it. Come to find out that big plume of ash and stuff mm-hmm. doesn't always happen. Really? Yep. That sometimes the magma just comes out. Yeah. Sometimes it just bubbles over something like that. I guess it has to mix with the seawater at a certain point and then it cr- causes a bigger explosion, something like that. So there is the possibility, even if the volcano erupts, it will not disturb the air, the airlines. <sighs> Wait, okay, sorry, what did you say just comes out without a big explosion? Magma? Magma? I have never heard lava? of magma. Isn't that lava? Lava. Or is mag- well, I don't know. from the inside and then when it comes... Magma, lava, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, whatever. Okay. It's, no, stuff, just, right? it's stuff that you shouldn't touch. Do not touch. Or at least put on an oven mitt before you do. <laughs> Before you made out of, I don't know, like <laughs> Listen, steel. <laughs> I watched Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan and oh my god, somebody else was it Linda Hamilton? No, but it was one of those types of people. <laughs> no, 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 I don't but judge, but no, but you know what I mean, like like his prime. Anyway, right? <laughs> well, he did also play 007 after that, but anyway, before or after? I think it was before. Was it after? 007 before? He went from James Bond to Dante's Peak? No. <laughs> Not oh. that it wasn't an award. I'm sure it was, <laughs> like, it was must have been nominated anyway. It was so riveting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I heard it was I like remember, a book or something. <laughs> I remember one scene in that movie. Uh, I mean, what a truck he had going through all the lava and everything. It was just Yeah, <laughs> the magma. Yeah. But two kids jumped into the water to, or two teenagers decided to go right. for a swim in the hot spring and it was really hot. Yeah. And they kind of boiled. Well, they were warned. And it's a hot bodies spring. came up. And <laughs> so that's what I always, Life, that's how I think of volcanoes. Bodies. <laughs> it's lifeless, boiled bodies. That's what I think of. But I, like, I hope. <laughs> so, do you remember, sorry, I keep interrupting you, but do you remember, it was probably in the 80s. I know odd that we would ever talk about anything related to the mm-hmm. 80s, but. There was like this lawsuit against McDonald's. By the way, we're, oh, we yes. are being sponsored yes. by McDonald's about the contents. <laughs> the <laughs> the contents. Of, well, the coffee, but also the apple fritters or the apple Listen, pies. What the hell? 
But it was so much better. I mean, I can't eat them now, but oh my God, back then they were so good. Okay, so it was like a volcano in its own right. I mean, it was like lava or magma, whichever, inside (laughs) of it. But but they knew how to cook it. I mean... Oh boy, (laughs) they sure did. And who knew that, you know, fruit apples needed to be cooked so so fucking hot <laughs> and what's great is that it's filled with sugar too and you know yeah. sugar when it's boiling like that it sticks to you it sticks there's no getting it off you know you oh, really get a good burn out of that that's what that burn <laughs> yeah it's not it doesn't just burn your tongue it burns your entire like esophageal system uh, throat yeah i, I might yeah <laughs> throat <laughs> I was trying to sound smart, but well, Dr. Deb, you nailed it. (laughs) Well, there's nothing worse than a stupid person than a a stupid person trying to sound smart. (laughs) A for effort. That's what I say. Thank you. That's what you always say. But yes, I think that on that hot spring, they should have had a little warning like McDonald's was forced to put on their apple pies after that. (laughs) It it may be hot in there. Contents may be hot, like on a cup of coffee. Really? <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. It's like, well, if it's not, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. Yeah, I'm going to be really irritated. <laughs> yeah. God. Might be hot. Okay, so, whatever. I know yeah. we made fun of uh, the volcano and everything. We all hope that it doesn't erupt. And I hope if it does, it just piddles out of the top. And that's it. You know? <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> I just want, I don't, if anybody thinks we're being, you know, rude or whatever, I don't know. Of course, we don't want anything to happen to anybody or the cities or anything, but uh, it's just kind of funny. Every time I come over here, something, yes. something happens and who would have guessed volcano? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it wasn't on my bingo board. <laughs> it is funny. I did say, I texted you the other day that I used to envy you, um, you know, going, you, you do, you go back to you know the states more often than I go back to Canada so I'm always like oh she gets to go to the states and this time I was like I am just fine sitting here at home you have been run off your feet like I don't know I, what the hell you do all day I except fix your left, tires I don't know oh well I don't I know please something that should take one day take seems to always take two right. you know nothing ever gets done right the first time there's oh it, it was just I feel like I've just been running behind the entire time. Like mm. something is always interrupting something or the phone rings or the, this. It, it's like there's never a smooth sailing. And I'm com- it just I, I came over here thinking, oh, OK, I can relax and get a bunch of things done. I haven't. I don't know. It's just you been haven't a weird stopped. One. I know. I it's what you said. You keep you feel like you're running like you're, I, I just really had a I picture like of that. Stopped. I feel like you are running away from that lava in Dante's Peak. And that, I just had that vision. You placed that imagery in my head. And there you are. Ah! Oh, God. No. I hope I'm not the grandma. Oh, no. I, I have seen that movie. I remember actually liking that movie. I did too back then. But then I yeah. saw it more recently. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, the... my God. I know. Oh but I God. think the grandma, I don't remember what happened to her. She was she was trying to save the grandkids. And I think she ended up like waist deep in lava. And she didn't last <gasps> There, there was something where everyone just kind of watched her melt away. <laughs> something oh, like that. I don't remember. If you've seen the movie, let us know. God. I'm not going to watch it again. Yeah. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> <By the way. laughs> well, I do need you to get home. And I need to know if when I, I'm going to pick you up from the airport and are we going for lunch? Do we have that kind of time? I think, yes. I think we, yes. unless I'm late because. Um, because of the volcano. Right. If, <laughs> um, I landed too. Right. Uh, 
I don't need to be to the bus station until six. The bus leaves at six. I should be there a few minutes before. <laughs> so, well, you all this time I'll try to have some gas in my tank. So. If you want, it's up to you. Uh, no pressure. Um. <laughs> she just makes everything so much more interesting. Will I get there? Will I not? Will I be there on time? And she then- picks me up with an empty tank. She goes, "Oh no, I got plenty." And we're driving, and drive. She messes up the directions. We have to turn around. We're looking for a space with this. Literally, it felt like hours later. She's like, oh, I'll get gas now. <laughs> what is this? Good for you. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you know the the light comes on, which I'm like, okay, that's a friendly reminder to maybe get gas at some point. It's not until it starts flashing when I'm like, oh, okay. I should. But even <laughs> even flashing, I've gone to and from work, and it's oh, been fine. Jesus, Dad. <laughs> what's wrong with me i don't know what's wrong i have i have i have issues but i think well, anybody we all hate paying i mean let's be honest we all hate paying for gas and those things things like that we just hate yeah. paying for it's just like you know yeah it's like supermarket food it's like why does it have to be so expensive i'm tired of paying for it yeah exactly just be in my cupboards paid for just right. I'll like, go to the bahamas and give you plenty <laughs> of money but really i gotta put gas in the car again yeah exactly <laughs> again that's it again it's yeah. like it's it's like there's no there's no um closure you know, we're right. always going to be putting gas in yeah. again. Taxes yeah, again. arrive again. It's like, yeah. and, it, and you don't get, you feel like you don't get anything from it. You do. Uh, I mean, you know, you pay tax in your house, you have your house. <laughs> don't pay them. See what happens. Still overrated. <laughs> yes, you have. It, yeah. Way overrated. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, I know. But yeah, it's just one of like, if for me to pay um, for a trip to Canada, that's, I can see the value for money there, even right. though it's going to end. Um mm-hmm. Just it's the same thing. My gas is going to end too, but it's like I have to do it again. It's like, yep. Why? I get yeah. Anyway, our listeners don't need to. Do you think no, we're they really They're like, I hope you edit this down to nothing. Yes, I think <laughs> I think these nineteen minutes can be edited down to like four. <laughs> Dante's <they> speak volcano. <laughs> Chris may or may Poor not. Grandma. I'm. A- <laughs> I um, I'm really only concerned about the lunch, so. Just let me know about the volcano. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Am I doing an episode? I don't know. <laughs> it's really been in the air for so long now. I really have no idea if you have an episode or not. You told me that you were going to meet me here at eight. and I'm like, I have plenty of time. She hasn't contacted me. She's going to need to you know, eat lunch or dinner. Oh, my to do God. Dinner. But she was on time. So. She was. So, Yeah. Well, I mean, I have had about six weeks, two months to do this episode. It's been so, about that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But I was only, I, I, I only canceled once, really. But so it was events. Wait a minute. Wasn't this, is this the same episode that needed to be, yes, it needed to be aired before November? around the beginning of November. And I, I knew that your, your adept, um, always focused key i can't think of the word mind would be wondering about that i knew i couldn't mm-hmm. pull the wool over your eyes so <laughs> so, so i figured you dumped that episode and went for something else and yet i did not because i oh. only had about two months to prepare it so i was like i might as well i better use the information better use I what i got <laughs> okay so listen you yes. won't remember this you might you might not i don't know hi chris and deb here We want to take just a moment to tell you about the ultimate all-in-one podcasting solution. We are talking about a 
one-stop shop where you can record, edit, distribute, and even monetize your podcast. That's right. We are talking about Zencaster. As you know by listening to our podcast, we are a little bit technically challenged, but Zencaster saved the day. All we have to do is log on and press record. It can't get much easier than that. We've been using Zencaster since day one and can't help but notice they're getting better and better. We all know Zencaster provides high quality audio. It, it records in 16-bit 48K wave audio per guest and regardless of your internet connection. And very important, there is no time limit. Plus, they keep you recording, so there's no need to panic about losing it. And for me, personally, I love that it records on separate tracks to make my editing easier. Not into editing? No worries. Zencaster has got you covered. They offer a post-production process that makes your voice buttery smooth, and better yet, it removes all those annoying ums and awkward pauses. By the way, Zencaster's not just audio. Their video is just as amazing. It records up to 4K. That's to give you that professional quality your podcast deserves. Listen, we didn't even cover everything. There is so much more. So if you want to make your podcasting journey the easiest it can be, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code today. We laughed and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experience that we do for all of your podcasting and content needs. Again, for 30% off your first month, go to Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing. And use our code today we laughed. That's one word. It's time for you to share your story. <clears throat> About a year ago, um, <laughs> I started my episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, that would be a me thing to do. So about a year ago, I think you were doing probably Halloween-ish type episodes. As and one you, does. As one does. Yes. No. Yes. Absolutely. And you do it quite well, I do have to say. I love it. I do. Okay. Anyway, don't get that wistful look in your eyes. We've got Christmas <sighs> coming. <clears throat> you actually looked up to the heavens like, I love you. <laughs> oh that was God. a light bulb in the ceiling, by oh, the way. <laughs> oh, my God. And now do you see like a blue dot everywhere? <laughs> Not <Sorry>. yet. <laughs> okay. So... You said something like there's this celebration that takes place in the UK that's apparently like huge, but I've never heard of it. And I was like, actually, I've heard of it because I lived in the UK. And that's probably the only reason I had ever heard of it. So I, yes. And you, I know that I had stumped you. Because this, um, I thought I might look at my notes. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember it, it, it's you like, too? okay, here's my brain. Yes. Here's the edge of my brain. And it's just out <laughs> just, of yeah. reach. I just, I, it, it has to do with winter solstice, summer solstice, autumn solstice. One has to do with, has to do with <sighs> beginning of November. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A, a it, harvest. Harvest. It has to do with a harvest. It go ahead. Does not. But you are so adorable when you're guessing and pointing that finger at me that I just. I'm sure there was a harvest in there somewhere. It, it, the, you got the beginning of November. You nailed it's it. It's a guy's name, isn't it? It's a guy's name. It's a yes guy's name. Guy something. Oh my. Oh, guy, so guy, 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 guy. <laughs> Chris has just, honey, I shrunk the kids. She just, <laughs> she just turned into a baby. Guy, guy, 
Guy Fox. Oh, go Ox. Fox. Not Ox. Guy Cox. Stop oxing. Firstly, I said it. All right. But as I was yelling hawks. <laughs> well, I thought I heard Guy Cox. <laughs> Actually, I don't think I ever of said that. Of course I did. <laughs> Guy Cox. Filthy little mind. I know. God, what is wrong with us? So, so we was perfectly timed. If I hadn't had my mini meltdown, um, we would have released it, I think, like the day before. Guy Fox How night. beautiful that would have been, huh? That's, yeah, you see how I managed to mess that up because that's <laughs> what I do. And people will remember it more because I did. This is the December <laughs> episode related to the November 5th celebration <laughs> of Guy effing Fox. So, <laughs> all right. So Guy Fox is actually quite an interesting, well, it's an interesting story, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. It was one of those, you know, ones that you say so many times, like, oh my God, there's just so much information. And I could like write episodes and episodes, but I really tried to whittle it down because I, as I said, I only had two months to, <laughs> to prepare it. <laughs> so across the UK, every November 5th, um, uh, sorry, I, so you're going to have to like edit that's a lot it. of this out. I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just light, light a fire. Good night, everybody. Yeah. All right. Look it up. Bonfire we'll night, otherwise oh, bon- known. Bonfire. So yeah. So it is. Right. It is solstice, but it really has nothing to do with that whatsoever. But I am right. trying. Okay. Mm-hmm. So bonfire night, otherwise known as Guy Fox night, is celebrated across the UK every November fifth. And it's actually celebrated in some Commonwealth countries like South Africa, New Zealand, parts of Northern Ireland, and the Canadian provinces of Newfoundland and Labrador. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Is it Uh Newfoundland or Newfoundland? I I didn't. Uh, You sounded like it wasn't Canadian a second ago. Could you please say it? I say Newfoundland. Newfoundland. And then we had BC on our show. And he also says Newfoundland. Now that okay. I'm saying it, it sounds really weird, but then he said that some people do say Newfoundland. Right, but that's not correct. It's We've not. It, spelling wise, it's correct. Newfoundland, but we say mm-hmm. Newfoundland. I wonder where they got the name. You think because they found some land? Anyway. Well, I, the, <laughs> wow. I find the British very literal. Literal. <laughs> <It> certainly are. <laughs> it's so, like, I remember living there. It was like you'd go down this, like, this small little lane, and you'd look, see what the name of it was, and it was actually called Small Lane. It's like there's just, there's no, <laughs> no mystery. No, no, you know, I appreciate back that. Then they weren't very fun. They were just like, it's a small lane. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were trying to make our lives easier. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> so every November 5th, they celebrate Guy Fox or Bonfire Night. Uh, by lighting fireworks, bonfires, sparklers, and eating toffee apples. And it's a huge, huge, huge event. Now, what else do they do on Guy Fox Night? And why the F is it called Guy Fox Night? Well, they burn effigies of the man called Guy Fox. All right. So you're thinking, we don't like Guy Fox very much. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> so, and now- yeah. I thought I'd spell to that clarify, out for it's everybody. not fox like an animal. It's F-A-W-K-E-S, something like that. Oh, my God. It's sad. <laughs> you are brilliant. How did you know that? I yeah. remember. That's all I remember. And it's a useful bit of information to remember, Chris. <laughs> you never know when you're going to have to remember <laughs> Guy Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guy Fox. <laughs> 
So Guy Fawkes was part of the gunpowder plot of 1605, which was a failed attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament in London, which, of course, happened or was supposed to happen on November 5th. (laughs) All right. So, um, of course, I'm going to tell you the whole story. But in January 1606, so just, you know, two months after the failed attempt, uh, this... Bear in mind, this was like 418, 417 years ago, like 1605. The British government mandated the observance of Guy Fawkes Day. So it's not that people just celebrate this. It was mandated by law uh, to commemorate the failure of the plot because it was going to be such a huge, like if if they had succeeded, um, it would have just been, it would have obliterated the entire like English parliament, government, and all that stuff, but I'll get to that. So the observance of the 5th of November Act, 1605, is also called the Thanksgiving Act. Uh, They're giving thanks. They were giving thanks, or they felt it was should be mandated that they should give thanks that James I, (laughs) the King of England, survived. He was delivered by divine intervention. And I think it's important to note here that King James himself is the one who passed this act. <laughs> so he was so delighted. He was so thankful. <laughs> He's he like, everybody just, needs to, yeah, celebrate me. He didn't stop and say, I'm alive. That's was, right. Was he, was he a good, like, King James? Did he have I, a Bible named after him? <laughs> did he have a Bible? <laughs> oh, my God. I should have looked. Yeah. Wow. This, uh, yeah, this episode is already lacking. Oh, you're right. The King James Bible. I don't know. I'm like, King James, I've heard of him. No, no, it was the Bible. (laughs) It was was a Bible. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the Bible was a bestseller. So true, true, true. Did top the list way back when. It did. Um, So, yes, uh, he, so this mandated celebration of Guy Fawkes Day, um, anyway, or the Thanksgiving Act, remained in force until 1859. Oh, Jesus. Did he die? I'm thinking that it outlived him, but um, (laughs) that's crazy. That's a long time to celebrate something. Yeah. Maybe it was because they like didn't, they had other business going on. They weren't too worried about it. Oh yeah, they just kind of they weren't actively like every year going. Okay, now should we keep this in effect or not? They right. were just like, oh, whatever. People just celebrate. We got yeah, go many other gone. acts to pass. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. But anyway, so why was this such a big deal? I mean, are you starting to sort of get why this was? No, you're not because I haven't. I'm well, I do. But I, I actually, as you're <clears throat> telling me, I'm remembering little bits and pieces that I had read, but I don't remember the whole story. So okay. this is good. It's all coming together again because. Like like I said, I remember. Yeah, it was somehow blowing up the parliament, and I yeah. <laughs> but that's yeah, all I knew too. I forgot, yeah, <laughs> that's all I knew too. So like like researching it was actually really interesting. I wish and I'd had a little bit think, more time. <clears throat> was it Guy? I mean, you'll tell me the story anyway. But Guy Fox, what were we celebrating his being a pathetic loser? <laughs> <gasps> Or are we celebrating the fact, or he stopped? I mean, well, you're going to tell us, but why are we celebrating this guy? You are, this guy, get it? (laughs) (laughs) You are really, I don't know what it is about Boston, but you are really on your toes. I mean, you're absolutely right. I can't snap because of my arthritic fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I can clap. I can clap. Yay. (laughs) Snap, clackle. Okay, okay. All right. So why was this coup or attempted coup such a big deal? 
This was actually the greatest terrorist conspiracy Britain has ever known. It was that big. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is quite big. It is quite big because Britain is, you know, it's a thing. It's been around. It's done stuff. Um, It's done a lot of stuff. It's done a lot of stuff. (laughs) And I'm sure Britain would say, well, we've had stuff done to us too. So to say that this was the biggest terrorist attack, that's a pretty big deal. Um, If people want to know what the stuff is, they can look it up. Uh, (laughs) We're doing our part. (laughs) So why was this such a big deal? It was the greatest terrorist conspiracy Britain has ever known. 36 barrels of gunpowder were found under the Houses of Parliament. Now, it's a little bit hard because I know that our brains don't really think in gunpowder. Our brains think in terms of other things. But to put it in perspective, it was enough to blow up the Parliament 20 times over. It what? was the gun. Yes, it was huge. Wow. Huge. It was the gunpowder equivalent of the atomic bomb strike on Hiroshima. Or you as the be guy. Kidding. I am not kidding. And the guy That's actually crazy. said Hiroshima. Is that really how <laughs> we're supposed to pronounce it? I think it's supposed to be Hiro- Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Which would so, make sense. It sounds more Japanese than Hiroshima. I, I guess so. Right? Yeah. Regardless. Um, yes, that, and we're to like, and like, they were just take, trying to, yeah. I don't take gunpowder as like being, I mean, I know it's obviously explosive, but I don't picture yeah. like bomb explosive. I see it, picture, right? Exactly. I know. Exactly. But, uh, I know I kind of figure, I think of it as like lighting a match and it's like, oh, okay. A little bit of hop yeah, and like, it'll just fizzle out. But right. no, this would have been like 36 barrels. That's a lot. Evidently. Of gunpowder. Yes, it yes, is. And I don't know what stuff was made of back then, but it would have absolutely obliterated it. So not only, so you're thinking, okay, so this would have just blown up the parliament buildings. No, Chris. Oh. It would ha- no. So the plotters, which I'm going to get to, I'm not sure about the way I've structured this episode. I feel like I, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm a stickler it's- for a timeline and sometimes that bites me in the ass. Yeah, you know, but there's yes. some stories you really can't go to a timeline. You kind of have to explain each part. Yeah, and you also you don't know about it, and I can guarantee you, you and I don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I know that you're not going to take me to task on like the details of when exactly something was. Um, right. But it's more so, am I giving too much away at the beginning? Should I leave some stuff for the end? And it doesn't matter. I'm just going to do. I'm just going to do Deb. You're doing good. <laughs> Someone's got to do fine. Deb. You're fine. It feels like day one for you, I know, but you don't. Sound it like really you. does. <laughs> oh my God, it's been so long since I've presented an episode. Um, so these guys were, and of course I'm going to get to them, but they were, they were absolutely hell bent on completely destroying any kind of authoritarian power in England. It wasn't just about killing the king. If it had been about killing the king, they could have poisoned him. They could have killed him. They didn't have to try to kill like hundreds of people. They could have done like a stabbing or a, I don't know, sorting or whatever they did back then or like a, a whatever. A stampede of horses. Right. (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. That's what Mm -hmm. I was going for. But no, they wanted to make sure that there was absolutely nothing left of any sort of authoritarian power in England. So So they just did not like the power at all it wasn't just the king they didn't like the it, whole no. setup the whole ship that's right the whole okay. kit and caboodle needed to go because it was okay. like you get yeah okay we get so it we get it the, we do 
We do. Mm-hmm. So they deliberately chose the opening of the new parla- parliamentary session called the State Opening of Parliament um, because the entire government would have been present. And the other thing mm-hmm. that I, they sort of like explained is that everybody kind of lived in that area too. Like it was the House of Parliament, Westminster, and, and like all of the people who worked there also kind of lived there. So it was all like this very incestuous, very small circle of this area where all the key people were. And everybody would have returned from whatever the hiatus. Also, the I think the plague, so annoying, that effing plague. The um, plague that crops up all the time. It really does. Just when they wanted to open the parliament, no, they couldn't because of the plague. So they had to like mm-hmm. defer the bombing. Uh, anyway, so many logistics, Chris, when you're trying to blow up a, I know. Anywho. Keep that in mind. Yes. I need people to appreciate that. So they would not only have killed King James, um, they would have killed the queen, the princess, the prince, the lords, the bishops, the gentry, which I had to look up. Gentry are the upper classes in general. The judges. Thank they you. would have completely obli- I know. I do it for us. <laughs> um, they would have obliterated all authoritarian bodies in Britain. So uh, before we get into the details of why they wanted to do that, why it was so important to them to completely like start from ground zero and build the government, you know, from zero up. Let's get back to Bonfire Night. As I said before, in the weeks leading up to November 5th, um, generally children made these, um, they burned effigies of Guy Fox. So essentially they would find mm-hmm. old clothing, they would stuff it with newspaper, they would hang on some sort of stick and they called these guys. All right. Um, Such a sweet activity for the children. I- <laughs> I know, right? (laughs) That's probably why they didn't want to like get rid of that act. They're like, how else are we going to nurture and (laughs) and love our children and bring them up properly? That's right. Show them the gentler (laughs) side of life. So, (laughs) so they got these um, effigies made. They put these grotesque looking, you know, masks on them and they were going to be burned on November the 5th. So the word guy in the 19th century came to mean an oddly dressed person. And then in the 20th and the 21st century, the word guy just came to be used for guys, for males. Guy Fox is the beginning of the word guy. That is crazy. Right? We love stuff like that. We do love stuff like that. And it's just like (laughs) this, how did we not know as North Americans? Like we needed, I I think this was worthy of being, us being taught or maybe we just weren't listening, but that's not our fault. There's no way we never learned. We never learned that before. That's right. We never learned that. No. No, But we know now. Damn. We sure do. We're never going to forget. Now when I say, hey, you guys, I'm going to feel a little weird because I'm like, oh. (laughs) Am I calling you strangely dressed? Am I insulting them? When before it was like almost like yeah. friendship. Now I feel like I'm the enemy. Yeah, I know. It's what we were saying before. You have absolutely grasped the the paradox of the whole thing. Do we like guy or do we not like guy? And do we need to know. burn people we call guy? Do we need to stuff you with newspaper to make you like a real guy? Or do we burn them in honor? I That's mean, right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't what, know. what is... <laughs> But the children know. Of- Let's see what the children the come ch- up with. <laughs> the children, the children are all in therapy. But okay, so um, okay, just okay. We love. Um, 
<laughs> we love guys. No, I was going to say, we are not making fun of Guy Fox Night. We are fascinated by Guy Fox Night. We just, I and... still don't know what, we're, we don't know what we're, okay. he is well, yet. So we can't, we're not making fun of him because we well, don't uh, know what he's done. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the, you're an army of one right now. <laughs> I'm a lone wolf, just like Guy Fox, <laughs> exactly. Debbie Fox. Um, <clears throat> all right, listen. So, what led to all this? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. So, this was actually very interesting to look up. A little bit confusing, but as you said, I did not get stuck on the timeline. So, in 1517, the Protestant Reformation began. I actually knew that. I didn't know when, but I did know that the Protestants led by Martin Luther, and this all started in Germany, broke from the Roman Catholic Church. Like I think that they believed in everything sort of spiritual. They just didn't believe in the church being, um, they didn't believe in, in the Vatican, the Pope, and, and that sort of, um, the authority of uh, right. the Roman Catholic Church, but everything else they believed in. So <clears throat> then uh, between 1533 and 1540, King Henry VIII. Henry VIII, I am, I am. He crops up a lot too, but please he go on. He does. He was busy. <laughs> So he took control of the Church of England from Rome. I did not understand that. So when he was in power, that was like this huge break between um, like Roman Catholicism and the Church of England. So there was Roman Catholicism. And of course, there were people in England, Britain, whatever, um, who were still Catholics. But then there was the Church of England, which was Protestant. Um, so as I said, this huge conflict between the Church of England, who were Protestants, who didn't follow the Ro- uh, didn't follow Rome and the Pope, um, were against Catholics who followed uh, Rome and the Pope. So King Henry's daughter, Elizabeth I, also very well known, but I, I could have done a whole episode about her. Um, when she was 25 years old, she became queen in 1558. She was like probably an even more staunch Protestant than her father was. Um, oh. Oh, yes, okay. she was. Yeah. Um, she developed, she's, she fully developed the, the church of England just a second. And she, uh, introduced the Elizabethan religious settlement. Anybody appointed to the public, uh, to public office or to any sort of church position had to swear allegiance to the monarch as head of church and state. So they had, so I guess, you know, I guess that the idea was that instead of the Pope being the head of the church, the monarch uh-huh. was head of the church. All right. Um, anybody like that's a big yeah. difference at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I know. I know. It's yeah, whatever. Um, anybody, anybody who refused to swear allegiance or whatever uh, were, um, you know, heavily fined, sent to prison, executed. It was actually a really, really big deal. And to anybody who knows history, you know, you're probably like, you guys are just realizing now that this all was happening because it was a huge, huge thing. This, like these yeah, religious but, wars and all that. Well, but. right. I think it's coming to light more and more and more. Cause every time we cover an episode that has to do yeah. with like England or something, I mean, we've mentioned mm. the church of England before. Oh yeah. Don't remember why or where, but it's <laughs> coming in more and more and more. Everything, everything we look up has to do with religion at some point. Uh, exactly and that just speaks yep. volumes yes mm-hmm. and then well I, I, let me go a little bit further down and then i'll tell you something else um so just to put it in perspective 
what I uh, watched an amazing documentary. Of course, I can't remember what it was called. But anyway, thank you, documentary, for giving me all that information. Um, that being a Catholic during that time in England was akin to being a communist in 1950s USA. Like oh my re- oh yes it was really oh. bad like they kept oh. their heads down they you know to sort of hide or they would pretend that they were protestants they would go to protestant church but they might like you know uh worship in their homes they you know as mm-hmm. catholics their properties were searched they were heavily fined as i said before um so this is another have you heard of mary queen of scots yes me That's too it. but exactly Chris it's like we're the same uninformed person I know is that amazing it is thank god there well it's also sad that there are two of us but thank god we're in this there's together. plenty of others don't you worry okay. you can't know everything clearly <laughs> I think we've proven Prime that example, but <laughs> so I did not know that Elizabeth I had a cousin and her name was Mary Queen of Scots I'm guessing she was the queen of Scotland. Scotland. That was my <laughs> guess. You see, we're more informed yeah. than we thought. We are um, So this rift between the Catholic uh, Church and the Protestants, or the Church of England, was so huge that when people, when Mary Queen of Scots started started to sort of sway people in her favor toward Catholicism because she was mm-hmm. Catholic, um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth I, the staunch Protestant, imprisoned her for 19 years and eventually executed her. Oh! Yes, because, because, yes. Because. Just, it, it, just because. It just makes sense, because, I mean... When what you're else Queen would Elizabeth one do? I? That's right, and you don't need, when you're Queen Elizabeth I, you don't need to answer to anyone just because all right or because right no, which oh did i do a british. deep british accent no it's well, just one word it was deeper but it, there was no yeah. british involved well it was deeper therefore it was british <laughs> <laughs> oh or whatever God. other uh, accent you're trying to do <laughs> but yes <laughs> okay so um so this was an absolutely huge rift between the two the two churches um there was a huge war going on in europe so this is what i wanted to say before that i tried to i was trying to look up what these huge wars were (laughs) in europe and uh, my brain exploded um Uh unlike those volcanoes where they just like the the magma just kind of drizzles out no my brain dribble (laughs) drizzles (laughs) it's like i'm making a glaze for the holidays Why is it so gross? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking yummy, but okay. No, my brain did actually explode. So there were, were many, there, is, many, Was it many, because many... there were so many wars going on, like tons of different ones, or you just couldn't get an answer? I, no, I got too many answers. I got, oh. there were wars going on everywhere, and maybe it was all part of the same war. It was like the nine-day <laughs> war, and then the hundred-year war, and I'm like, just, can we just call just it- war together. That's right. Exactly. I don't need to know the subcomponents. I need to know that there was a war. God damn it. So England and Spain were enemies. Um, of course. All right, then. <laughs> That's how I whittled hundreds of pages of information down. So England were the bad guys and Spain were the good guys. Okay. And even well, that. Thank you, because I understand that. They, 
I, I really, I was going to go for a more intelligent uh, delivery, but I really wanted to be able to speak your language. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Oh my God, it's so oh. sad. So England and Spain were enemies because of course England uh, was Protestant, Spain was Catholic, and uh, also the two countries were competing in trade and expansion to the new world, to the newfound land of oh. the Americas. You see Ooh. what I did there? See how, they, see how you did <clears> that That's there. Right. It's coming yeah. full circle. Good job. There, always, always does. So um, England, and they took their wars seriously, just mm-hmm. for, you know, fear of any doubt. Um, so they are, they're Protestant. They're at war with Spain. It's a huge, huge war. So <clears throat> based primarily on religion. So you can imagine how they viewed Catholics living in Britain. It was, they were seen as like domestic right. agents of a foreign power. They were like, you know, if we let little pockets of them form, it's like sort of letting the enemy live among, among us kind of thing. Catholics, um, so they were some quite devout Catholics so who actually wanted to hear the word of God. And in order to do that, they needed priests. Um, mm-hmm. So there were Catholics that they were so serious about like maintaining their faith that they would actually harbor priests illegally in their homes. Um, harbor means to hide. Yes. I know. I know I you knew, knew that. that. <laughs> I, know. I knew that. <laughs> okay. Just in case. Because I certainly <laughs> did too. Um, so, so it was punishable by death if you were caught with a priest in your closet. <laughs> Who doesn't have a Especially priest in the closet? Especially if the husband closet? walks in. <laughs> <laughs> or under the bed, just his little socked feet hanging out. <laughs> oh my God. I had to get struck down. Oh, with, with, the little, uh, <laughs> with the little clips that they used to have. Remember the they little, used to have those uh, the hold up the socks. The socks. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking about those the other day because I've got. I've been wearing the same pair of Adidas ever since I had my first surgery, like two years ago. <laughs> and one of them keeps eating my sock. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it's because they're so so worn out. They're so like, worn out. They are. And I thought, okay, just it only eats those little like short socks. You know, in the summer I was wearing like short socks. So I'm like, yay, fall, I can put on like longer socks nope gone all gone. of it is like sucked down now, now into you the need soul new shoes of and new socks <laughs> look what you've done I look what <laughs> people have serious problems and deb's biggest problem is the <laughs> the right adidas shoe eating any length of socks she happens to wear so I was actually thinking, I'm going to have to get me those socks that have like the, the little belt, the little straps, the little garter. To, <laughs> to hold match. them up. <laughs> or, Deb, you could get a new right shoe. <laughs> Just the right, though. Just right. right. But I can I ask you why you thought once you, be- once you graduated to long socks, it would change? If obviously it was doing it by the heel. <laughs> What would be the difference? Your long socks not have like the Achilles <gasps> tendon? I mean, I assume that's what it's rubbing through. Well, okay, here's the thing. So actually, I didn't actually diagnose the problem until I wore the long socks because I was like, hmm, now it's eating my long sock as well. So this it's clearly... <laughs> Let Clearly me put this on paper sock. and let's figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I need a chart or a diagram. <laughs> <me> a pen. <laughs> And Something's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying. 
Um, <laughs> Dick, it's your sock. Okay, we're talking about people being put to death for harboring priests, and I'm, I've got a, a sock. In the second we had shoe. them under the bed, and they were hiding. You know, right, now yeah. they obviously have no pants on, and it was, it was getting ugly. <laughs> it was get, it was getting ugly, and I really think that my socks was the 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 logical progression of that conversation. That's what I was thinking. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Carrying on, <clears throat> so. There were, as I said, there were some Catholics who tried to sort of fly under the radar, just like make nice, okay, you know. But then there was a group of Catholics called the recusants. They refused, yeah, they refused to conform. They like paid fines knowingly. They didn't care. They were like, I'm going to be Catholic mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll pay my fines, God damn it. Um, they, they were struggling to keep the true faith, according to them, alive. Dun, dun. One such recusant. So have I sort of described the the atmosphere? Like it's, you know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm picturing a band of like 12 people. Yeah, the recusants. <laughs> sure there's more. Yes. <laughs> yes. But well, that's what I picture. Actually, <laughs> it's pretty much a handful. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. There are probably more. But anyway, they're scared. Um, yeah. So one such recusant was called Robert Catesby. He was Oxford educated from a prominent wealthy family. He was extremely charismatic, well-spoken, passionate. His father was Sir William. Uh, he died in battle, spent his life fighting for the Catholic Church. So Robert was born into this mentality of, you know, proud and Catholic and um, just sort of, yes, he didn't, what's the word? He didn't become like a, ah, what's the word? I'll, I'll think of it. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, whatever. He was very passionate about being Catholic. Yes. Um, him and he and his cousin Anne Vaux lived in hope of a Catholic revival. They were famous oh, no. recusants. That, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah, that and hair. Right. <laughs> but they were kind of just biding their time. They hoped, you know, that the end. Everybody was like, okay, well, Queen Elizabeth has to die at some point. So, you know, she's such a staunch Protestant, you know, maybe the next person who who takes over will be a little bit more lenient when it comes to Catholics. So they were actually mm-hmm. just kind of maybe, I don't know, doing the right thing and just sort of biding their time, you know, sort of staying true to their faith, but not sort of, you know, being sort of drastic or, or doing anything necessarily um, bad. I am so... Right inarticulate today sorry about that <laughs> it's it's that eight o'clock at night thing it is you're right <laughs> although you're alive you're perky i'm perky i just can't verbalize that's all right <laughs> it's a who podcast needs ver- who needs to verbalize <laughs> there you go there you go so catesby was getting eager i guess that queen elizabeth started her demise or whatever it was so he became eager to know um how the succeeding monarchy would behave toward uh, Catholics. So toward the end of Elizabeth I's reign, he sent a friend of his, Thomas Percy, to Scotland to speak with James, King of Scotland. Now, James was Mary, Queen of Scots' son. She was killed, as we said, by Elizabeth. That's right. She's gone. So he was uh, King of Scotland. So Thomas Percy... um, he, you know, it's not just that you could go riding up to the castle and say, I would like an audience with the king. <laughs> so I presume not. Yes. Yeah. But Thomas could do that because he was related to the Earl of Northumberland, Chris. Duh. I know. I, I hate to have to speak the obvious, but <laughs> there you have it. So 
Everybody suspected that James would be made king of England after Elizabeth perished. Uh, Because Elizabeth didn't have any children, she famously never married and said that she was married to England, and that's why she never took a husband. So she didn't have any of her own children, so everybody assumed that James, who was the son of her cousin, whatever, the closest relative, would become the king of England. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there was nobody else out there that could have done it. That's right. He's already all kingy over there in Scotland. I know. Let someone else be a king. What the <laughs> of hell? All the people, we just got to keep moving him around? Yeah, I anyway. know. I know. It's just, if we had been ruling the world, Chris, Things what a would different, be different place it would be. <laughs> different different <laughs> so is for sorry. sure. <laughs> so, Catesby, so he, oh, now remember I told you that Mary, Queen of Scots, was Catholic and like famously Catholic. Right. Right. Um, so James, he, I mean, I think he was kind of like trying to play both sides. Like he was mm-hmm. Catholic and probably believed in Catholicism, but because he was king, he kind of had to pretend that he was Protestant, but he was trying to like <laughs> gain favor or keep favor with both sort of camps. Right. Um, but Catesby and his group of friends, which is slowly growing, I might add, um, felt optimistic that James coming into power would lead to more leniency towards Catholics because his mother, for the love of God, was Mary, Queen of Scots, this famous Catholic. I mean, he's got to have some sort of softness when it comes to Catholics. Unless he's like, look what happened to her. I'm just going to, you know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm going to keep my head on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So Thomas went up hoping for a commitment from James uh, of leniency toward uh, Catholics. James, ever the diplomat, uh, spoke in a way that reassured Thomas that James was supposedly quite smart, quite clever, uh, very diplomatic. Apparently he slobbered, though, which, of course, I found interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) You can't have it all, Chris, is what I always say. (laughs) But I I think it's interesting that that was recorded. (laughs) I slobbered. <laughs> yeah, of course, of all of this, that's the one thing that really stuck in my mind. He's, I just oh, I would have him. totally zoned in on that and nothing else. <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. So uh, Thomas wrote up hoping that James would give some sort of commitment to being lenient toward Catholics, because I guess it was looking like he was going to... Um, become king pretty soon and so without actually giving the commitment James was such a talented diplomat that he kind of led Thomas to believe that he would be more lenient towards Catholics Mm -hmm. without actually committing to something so Thomas was so excited that he wrote oh gang (laughs) that was me being wow it's like I flew to England Ye old God, please edit this. <laughs> oh my god. So he went galloping back to his friends saying that James had committed to leniency for Catholics. You see what James did there? Now just as everybody sus- suspected, Elizabeth I passed away in 1603 and James was indeed crowned James I of England. And for about a year, he really was quite lenient with Catholics. But like, I think that I don't think he imposed any fines. I don't think there was any imprisonment and, <clears throat> and all yep. that stuff. He's such a great guy. Um, 
but is the best. He is. Um, he though, even though he was lenient, he didn't actually change any legislation, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was yep. just kind of trying to like favor both sides, let's say. Yeah. But Catesby, ever the clever Catesby, uh, mm-hmm. was starting to get nervous because after a year had gone by, he was like, okay, but we're not seeing any like foundational. Um, mm-hmm. sort of fundamental changes like legislation isn't being changed you know you, this could sort of end any time and that's of course exactly what happened uh james started to come under pressure from the protestant side and he started imposing fines again and imprisonment and all that stuff um so catesby pretty much lost it he's like i've been waiting yep. for years i was you know patiently waiting for the government to come in for this to all resolve itself in a you know political um legal way uh, and yep. that's not happening so he started uh, he essentially decided to take matters into his own hands he started gathering a group of collaborators to solve this problem once and for all he swore them is all that, to secrecy yes is this a, is this solve with quotes yes bunnies? it yeah. is that's right exactly yeah. So the plan was to absolutely obliterate all governing powers of the United <laughs> Why Kingdom. Not? That's right. Yeah. Just <laughs> killing the king's not going to do it. We need, if we want to have a Catholic uprising, we need, and it, I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, go big or go home, I always say. You do. It's like do. weekly. But- That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, but, I, mean, I, I, I like the idea of just let. Just do it once. Get it over That's with. That's right. That's right. You it's know? like pulling the Band-Aid off. I know. It's like, yeah. It's like. like I kind of, you know, I yeah. feel like right now, I mean, I still don't know where God comes into this. Right? But right now I'm, I'm kind of for the team. I'm oh. kind of for the blow up people. This is <laughs> the almost blow up people. Well, that's right. just it. You're kind of torn because you're like, okay, that's like a huge terrorist plan so many people were going but to be killed <laughs> but then you understand how like this they get to this boiling point yeah. of you know when yeah it's a pressure cooker right yeah. so like they're they're yeah. waiting and they're like okay this will be resolved peacefully and it's like no i just you know if people aren't going to resolve this i'm going to take matters into my own hands enough, so you can sort of see enough. how it really is so he decided um yeah to blow the hell out of <laughs> Uh, Westminster, the parliament. And uh, the idea was that there would be a huge Catholic uprising. So they would, you know, obliterate all of the, the, the powers that be, there would be a huge Catholic uprising. They would essentially put all of their people, the Catholics into government. And just for good measure, they were going to kidnap James's nine-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, because what else would she be called? Well, yeah, Uh, that's right. (laughs) Um, and install her as puppet queen. So I guess they thought that she was just young enough that they could put her as queen and sort of like bring her over to the Catholic side and she would be their, their leader and gotcha. stuff like that. Yeah, you would. know, it's a good plan. It is. I'm sure there's some holes in it, but you know, yeah. well, it's lots, a good outline. Actually. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the gunpowder plot started in 1604 did i say yes uh it was so gunpowder was a relatively believe it or not a relatively new technology um so they they were excited about this technology though because it was effective or should have been effective Um, i'm excited about the technology yes right i know (laughs) 
<laughs> so they're getting this group, or Catesby's getting this group of people together. They are like his brothers, cousins, friends, and whatnot. And they need somebody who has expertise in this technology because they don't. Um, so I, I can't remember who it was, but one of Catesby's friends had a friend of a friend. <laughs> friend of a friend, yep. That's right. We all have that friend of a friend. That's right. <laughs> Uh, someone, your gun. you know, my friend knows a guy. That's oh my right. God. He knows a guy. How, oh, you see? <laughs> he knows a guy. guy. Right. Salutations, everyone. DJ Scoop here. Are you like me, a new entrepreneur that's just getting started in their adventure? I had an idea and I was hoping I was headed in the right direction in my adventure too. I thought, what better way to learn than from other people that are going through the same experiences as me? Thus, the Undiscovered Entrepreneur was born. Listen to new entrepreneurs that are just getting started. Hear about their goals, struggles, stories, and accomplishments. Learn and grow with us and become a school believer. Please subscribe to the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, available on all podcast platforms. Be a part of an amazing community that will inspire you to grow. That's the Undiscovered Entrepreneur with me, DJ Scoob. <laughs> So Guy Fox actually called Guido Fox. I'm really not sure why. I just <laughs> I know. I decided not to go down that rabbit hole because I just would never have crawled my way out. But he was actually just an acquaintance of one of Flatters, um, who had 10 years experience. He had been fighting on the continent in this huge massive war that had 25 billion different names. Um, mm -hmm. he had 10 years of experience, a hands-on guy. He was like, he was like the um the brawn. You know, it's not that yeah. I'm not saying he wasn't smart, but there, there were the brains and there was the brawn. With a name like Guido, I mean, you associate with the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> with the Italian mafia. If you, is it any mafia movie, there's always a Guido. So there you That's go. right. Yeah. So he was the Guido. He was the Guido. <laughs> yeah. So Guy was, he was not the the figurehead. He wasn't the brains behind it. He wasn't the the organizer. All he was was the action guy. He knew how mm -hmm. to how much gunpowder needed to be laid, where it needed to be laid. Um, so for over a year, they started stockpiling gunpowder under the Houses of Parliament. Now, remember I said before that people tended to work uh, for the government in the parliament, but also live there. Mm -hmm. So one of the plotters who was, I think it was that guy who was related to the uh, Earl of Northumberland, mm -hmm. he ended up getting a job uh, in the government so that Smart. he could be secure, right? You see, so mm -hmm. that he could get a let a room in that area. So he, whatever rented this room or whatever it was, he rented it to, or gave it to Guy Fox. Guy lived there for like a year and slowly, 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 little by little started bringing in the gunpowder. They had this whole plan for like getting it there and slowly, I don't know what they did. I guess they dug a tunnel i guess i could look that up but i you know yeah i feel like there was a tunnel under there already no probably i feel yeah. like it was i feel like you're right yeah <laughs> so um so they you know whatever ended up somehow stockpiling 36 barrels of gunpowder under the houses of parliament and guy was going to be the guy there <laughs> to light the match don't you no. find it odd that not one time a guard didn't notice some... I mean, I picture them, you know, like rolling in a barrel. 
yeah, I, I, well, that's it. That, that's why it was so painstaking. Like, I know I'm just kind of glossing over it, but it was actually a very intricate. It was like if they had, as you said, like rolled a barrel, they would have totally been caught. I mean, everybody right. knows everybody there. I mean, Guido <laughs> could kind of fly under the radar, but not if he was like caught rolling, rolling barrels of gunpowder right. through the streets. So people were bringing in little flasks of gunpowder and adding it to the Pretty barrel. much. Pretty yeah. much. Exactly. That's why it took over a year for them to do this. But it was very well thought out and implemented, at least up, at the, uh, up until that point. Now, an anonymous letter, which apparently to this day still is anonymous, nobody knows who sent it, mm-hmm. uh, was sent to William Parker, the fourth Baron Monteagle, revealing the plot. We don't know who did it. Mm. So the guards decided, apparently at the behest of James I, to search (laughs) the property, (laughs) the area, um, on the evening of November the 4th. And to this day, so what is it, 400 and some years later, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, It is still mandatory for them to uh, check, check the all of the yeah check the tunnels for uh, anything I guess oh, that's so funny. I know it's it's hilarious so the guards uh, searched and found Guido Fox on the evening of November the 4th um, he uh, just said no I'm just here hanging out with my 36 barrels of gunpowder <laughs> just trying to keep warm as one does as, as one, one does. does that's yes. right it's gonna be a cold winter guys mm-hmm. um, so <laughs> but he was such a um, I don't know, gentleman, I can't think of the right word that he, first he gave a pseudonym, John Johnson. <laughs> that reminded me well, of John that's been Johnson. a pseudonym for different things over the years, but yes. <laughs> oh my God. He refused to reveal the names of the others. He said mm-hmm. he insisted that he was acting alone. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a likable character, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was tortured. Yeah, I know. Oh. He was tortured abominably for two days before he finally revealed the plot he was manacled is that right uh and hung by the wrists for Mangled? two days manacle like manacles i guess are like those things that you chain your wrist to oh, the that wall. has a name <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> apparently okay. i just learned right, it today well, we're talking 1600 so yeah like you always see all those you know yeah chain to the wall and stuff well, it would be, I mean, I've been to the Tower of London, but now it would be really interesting to go back and actually pay attention to like the torture chambers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, what made him break eventually was actually being stretched on the rack. That is Ooh. where he, yeah, he just, he couldn't handle. But two days, he, he waited it out for two days. Um, and actually he was the very first person um, charged with high treason to be interviewed or, or summoned by King James uh, because oh. he wanted to speak to him. Yeah. He was like, King James was just fascinated. Like normally, you know, you hear of tri- like, high treason. Or he was like, hey, <clears throat> what the fuck? Yeah, he's like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? He could have just, yeah, like I'm right here. Yeah, yeah, blow everything up. Yeah, so actually, so he, um, he, he, King James was so fascinated by this character that he actually wanted to speak to him before he killed him. <laughs> because no, he, of course- Right. So Catesby and Percy, Percy's a guy who had gone up to speak to James about mm-hmm. being lenient about, with Catholics. They both, of course, sorry, once Guy Fox revealed the, the names and the plot and all that stuff, this huge manhunt started uh, across Britain. And uh, Catesby and Percy ended up dying during the, the, their pursuit 
or whatever. And they're, that's right. It was a big kerfuffle. <laughs> and their heads were sent to Parliament. Oh, that's how. Oh, yes. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes, nice. They were. yes. First class, I'm hoping. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, you know. To make take some of the discomfort out of it. Did you not um, listen to my mail episode? You know it was, you know. Oh yeah. The mail system <laughs> yeah. hadn't been created yet. Please. Sorry, <laughs> a little bit with the dates. Um so everybody, so I think there were only four of the plotters living, sort of by the end of the the pursuit and all that stuff. They all got tried and um what's it called? Tried for high treason and sentenced to execution uh-huh. more specifically guy was sentenced to be hanged then drawn and quartered so i remember that yes right okay <laughs> but drawn so it's so some of this doesn't make sense to me so why would okay so drawn and quartered apparently can take two form one of two forms you're drawn by the horse to the um whatever, where you're supposed to be hanged, you're hanged and then you're mm-hmm. cut into pieces and scattered to, sorry, four pieces and then scattered to the four ends of the land. And then the other one is you're hanged, you're disemboweled while you're still alive. That mm-hmm. sounds like a very Vlad thing to do. It does. It does. It does. Very Vladdy. Um, must have been, no, he would, oh, maybe they were inspired by been- Vlad. Yeah, I can't. I'm gonna. Me- um, yeah, the dates are escaping me. You know, the dates and me don't mix, but I think I, he was. We early. don't. I think so too. Uh, and then, so hanged, disemboweled while you're still alive, beheaded, and dismembered. But I'm what? wondering, why would you hang them, and then do all that? Like, so you hang somebody, and then they're still alive, and you disembowel them? Well. <laughs> All right, the gallows. I do right. believe the gallows, the, you know, where they have the trap door and you hang yeah. and you kind of die instantly. Those had not been invented yet, I bet. So okay. therefore, when you hang, you are not dying instantly. Okay. So, so you it's part are, of your punishment, kind right, of. Right. You are lingering, waiting to die. Ugh. It's just cutting you slowly, slowly, slowly. There. Now uh. we're going to chop and everything else. I think that's what it is. I don't uh. think the gallows were invented yet. Well, that makes more sense because that's like, why I'm here. <laughs> thank you. You really are the yin to my yang. <laughs> so I'm going on the. I, I'm going on the second version. Is probably what the idea was. I think so too. And Guy is just such a. He's really so lucky that he. Uh, he ended up being hanged. No, no, no. Actually, he was so smart that he apparently jumped off of the whatever it was. I guess it wasn't gallows. Whatever it was, and he he died from the hanging. So he didn't yep. have to get disemboweled or anything. See, it was a good day. They ha- right, because they didn't, that's what the hanging is. Just it hangs you, but you don't die instantly. So he decides to die instantly. Good for him. So maybe Guy Fox invented the gallows. He may have. He may have been the inspiration oh, for it anyway. That's right. He was that yeah. kind of guy. He was that kind of guy. <laughs> so this is the interesting thing. Now, if you ask people why they celebrate Guy Fox night, I mean, the original idea was, you know, he was this huge trader. And what's firstly interesting is that he really was just the brawn. Like he was just he, like he a really technician. Was, right. <laughs> and I remember that is that this whole thing, he didn't really have anything to do with it. He was exactly. Just, he was just the, the worker bee. That's you know? right. Exactly. He was the front guy for this whole plot. He was just, you know. He's the one they caught. Right. 
Yeah, and I'm but he Kate's didn't plot. Being... He didn't plan it. He didn't do anything. He was like, "What do you need done? Okay, I'll bring in the gunpowder." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. And it was you know Catesby who was so obsessed with like Catholicism right. and 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 you know, like this freedom. Well, not a freedom fighter, but like I can't think of the word. But uh, he was he became like a zealot. Sort of mm-hmm. is that the right word? Sort of by sure. the end of it, <laughs> sure. sure. Um, so, so I think that what happened is that you almost start liking Guy because you're like, oh my god, he got like totally, you know, tortured and all that stuff. Punishment for doing the least amount. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and for be yeah, exactly. But check this out. Have you seen the movie V for Vendetta? Sure, haven't. Okay. Oh, you haven't? Okay. I'm pretty sure I saw when it came out. It came out in 2005. It was based on the DC Vertigo comics of the same name written by Alan Moore. So it's a dystopian. I do remember it's with Natalie Portman. And do you remember? Okay. I know that I can picture the uh, DVD cover. Does that help? What do you see? Do you see a mask on the DVD cover? Okay. And that mask is the infamous mask with the little little, uh, beard and the... And the little mustache and the hat uh-huh. or whatever it was. Okay, so check this out. So, Viva Vendetta was about, like, a dystopian film um, about a girl or whatever fighting against, you know, a fascist, authoritarian, political regime. And the girl is played by Natalie Portman. And she's saved by V, who is a vigilante. And he that's the first time we see the Guy Fox mask. That mask is fashioned after Guy Fox with his really? 17th century yes hat and his mustache and his beard because oh, that, Guy Fox ultimately became a symbol for fighting injustice for fighting oh, this right this, you see yeah and oh, um and that okay. mask as I'm sure you know I mean it's worn everywhere now it's worn right. by the hackers um. By anonymous you've uh-huh. heard of anonymous i'm sure yep. um uh, who you know were behind so many cyber attacks against like governments and, and banks and all that stuff and also it uh is a mask worn by the occupy movement which i had never heard of which again i think started in the states but um they've had sort of movements all over the world against government and public injustice and corruption so guy fox who was just the guy who was going to light the match yep. ends up being this symbol of, you know, freedom fighters freedom. against, uh, you know, like corrupt and uh, oppressive governments. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So you're telling me that that mask is, he actually looks something like that. Like that's kind yes. of his look back then. You can that look him wild. up. I know. And we didn't like know anything about it. No, and it, here it is. Yeah, so important. Um, I know. Yeah. I mean, I suppose they, you know, people thought the mask was after the movie. Nobody really ever. No, if, if for yeah. sure. If it wasn't for V for De- Vendetta, that mask would never have been. Right. Like, I don't know. Known. That but is crazy. That well, is what's wild. also crazy is that I would venture to guess that most people who celebrate November 5th, it'd be really interesting to hear from some of our British listeners. Um, today we left at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> you know, what are you celebrating why do you celebrate it why do you yeah celebrate it? right it's exactly uh, you know what is <laughs> like you know you celebrate it for this guy but do you celebrate it in honor of him saying oh that's he right was... or you Kick like ass. oh they caught him you know yeah good i, I really I think know. most people nowadays um would probably be celebrating the the freedom fighter part of it like probably. fighting injustice and or oppression. 
do they just celebrate because it's bonfire day and that's what yeah. they do it's a day that you dress up and you go around the bonfire which is why we celebrate most of our stuff too we don't really right. sit and think about the meaning it's just kind no. of something fun right. to do so yeah. you know some, oh that was fascinating are you oh, sure i didn't know about that that's oh yeah oh no like okay. i said i was interested because i knew bits and pieces and you talking about it brought it back but i hadn't read the entire story but that tail end smart leaving that to the end are that you was sure? crazy oh my god because i was gonna put it in the beginning and then i was like i don't want to like show all my cards <laughs> <laughs> no no that was definitely it was a good thing at the end that that was a shocker <laughs> shocker yay i'm glad you liked it i'm glad you learned something you have a lot of editing to do but we'll talk about that afterwards <laughs> <laughs> let's see when that ever gets done yeah anyway deb well that was exciting thank you so yay. much for getting well, wow, I can see why that took you almost two months. Okay. It's understandable. <laughs> so well, we'll be recording a Deb episode again in about February. That's okay. Yeah. Well, Valentine's we'll Day. <laughs> anyway, Yay. so we want to thank everyone for listening. And sorry we've missed a week here and there, but you get it. So you can reach us. Please drop us. Gosh, my mailbox is empty, Deb. Oh, I would love just a little hello from somebody every now and then. Yeah. Let's fill Chris's box, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, but I just, it's just the she way my brain works. She did just say that. That's right. She just said that. <laughs> anyway, today we laughed and learned at gmail.com. If you want to keep up with our social medias, we are today we laughed and learned uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And today we laughed on Twitter. We're not on TikTok. We're not on a bunch of other stuff, but that's where you'll find us. So that's it. <laughs> that's Deb, it. Yes. Today we can say that today we definitely laughed. And learned all about Guy Fox Night, Bonfire Night, and the failed gunpowder plot to blow up the British Parliament in 1605. Yay! Bye, everybody. Good night. <laughs>